Amen. Um, please excuse my voice. Actually, it's much better than it was yesterday. So you can imagine what it was like yesterday. But um, for those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Dennis. I'm the assistant pastor. Our senior pastor, lead pastor, Drew, is actually suffering in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But I am happy to announce, because he was there officiating Ian's and Becky's wedding yesterday. So they are officially married. So, I mean, that is so exciting whenever we hear of, uh, of folks coming together in matrimony. And on that subject, I want to start by saying that when I got engaged to my wife, it was so exciting and so amazing. I was so in love with her that I could actually talk on the phone for four hours. You guys aren't laughing. I mean, that's huge. I mean, for someone like me who don't like to talk on the phone and to be so in love with my wife that we talked for four hours. But also, as many of you know, I was an in-house counsel lawyer for a health system and my wife had come, Sharon had come to town and I was so excited that I wanted people to meet her. And so I went to all these offices, knocking on the door, but then there was a big conference room and it was the president of the health system. It was the VP and just all the CFO and all the muckety mucks. And I burst into the room and I said, everyone, I want you to meet my new fiance, Sharon. And it was like dead silence. And then all of a sudden, everyone clapped. But there was so much excitement in me because I wanted everybody to meet this beautiful woman that I had fallen so deeply in love with. And not only that, but I wanted people to know that someone that beautiful chose me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I was like, whoa. You know, it was like someone like her chose someone like me. And so I was just showing her all around, and I wanted people to get to meet her because her personality, her beauty. But, you know, the same thing is the way we should feel about Jesus. That same excitement, that same, you're so in love and you're so like, wow, this holy God chose someone like me. I got to tell somebody. I mean, you would look at my life and say, oh, I wouldn't choose him or, you know, but... To think that God chose me, I want to tell somebody. And I want to tell somebody, look how amazing he is. It'll make you even more amazed. Because <laughs> you know what? He loves you too. But that same excitement is the excitement 
and love that we have for God that we should have to share about Him. And so, our last series, our last um, sermon and our regenerating series is evangelism. And so many of us are afraid of evangelism, you know, because, you know, we're afraid of the rejection or we're, we're afraid, you know, who knows why we're afraid. We don't maybe want to talk to people about our personal faith. But I want you to just put your mindset of how much you're in love with the Lord and how much he's in love with you and that you want to share that. I mean, think, what good news have you had in your life and you just held it? Isn't it a natural tendency when something is so good that you want to share it? I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I got in my 10-speed bike and my mother was very strict and she said you can only ride up and down the sidewalk. And of course, I had to go down the street and show the neighbor kids because I, I had to show off my new bike. It was special. It was wonderful. Now, my mom called down there and actually started to walk down the street. And someone said, Dennis, your mom's coming. These little chubby legs get on that bike. <laughs> but in the same way, God has loved us so much, given us so much, so much more special than a 10-speed bike. And my wife, as beautiful as she is, and how much I was so in love, but just think how much more can we brag on God and share what God has done for us. And I'll give you a short definition. Evangelism is just sharing the good news about Jesus and inviting a response. I'll share that one more time. Evangelism is just sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and inviting a response. So not only do we live that life of Jesus before others, but also sharing that life of Jesus before others with our words and giving people that opportunity to, well, do you want to know Jesus too? Do you want him to be in your heart too? In this postmodern society, things are different in that it's not as easy to go to a door and when you don't know the person and knock and say, do you want to know about Jesus? In the past, we were able to do that. But now, in the postmodern society, it's all about relationships. Not that it wasn't that before, but now even more so. People are needing to trust. And that's one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to sharing our faith is do they trust the church? Or do they trust Christianity. And so we as believers have to cross that hurdle of helping people to trust us. And that comes through relationship. That comes through sometimes riding a motorcycle. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Do you know how many 
men I get at the gas station commenting on my bike when I ride up to get gas in my tank. It is a magnet for conversation. Do you know one of my best friends here in the city is not a believer. He's a soccer dad that rides a motorcycle. Just yesterday he asked that I want to go out riding. We have developed such a neat relationship that I consider him my best friend here in Cincinnati. Again, I haven't directly shared Jesus with him, but he knows who I am. He knows what I do, and he knows who I love. Eventually, there will be a time in God's timing that I will give an invitation. But look how it started all through, first, soccer, and then a motorcycle. But it's all about trust. One of the things, misnomers out there, and maybe it might be true about some of us, is that Christians don't like to have fun. Come on, say amen, somebody. I mean, maybe if an unbeliever came in our church and saw us in the pew, maybe they would agree. But some folks really think that to become a follower of Jesus you no longer have fun. And that is so wrong. Some people even think, who aren't Christians, and maybe even some who are, that Christianity is boring. I have been on the greatest adventure of my life. Because I said yes to Jesus. I've been in the most dangerous time of my life. Because I said yes to Jesus. But again, these are hurdles that we as a people who are commissioned by God, by Jesus himself, to make disciples, to share the gospel of Jesus... We've been commissioned, so we are to share the good news of Jesus and what he's done in our life. But before we can do that, we have to be in relationship. And so my challenge today is to look at those relationships around you and ask yourself, where are they? Do they trust Christianity? Are they curious about me and my life? Do, it, do, they, do they need a change in their life? So many people are in a season of their life. It could be a divorce. It could be a death. It could be an illness where they're, they're looking for some type of change, some type of answer. Is there someone in your life like that where they're ready to change God has divinely placed us there that we might share, that we might be in relationship with them. Is there someone in your life that's seeking 
We call them spiritual seekers. They may be into Wiccan. They may be into the earth god or the earth mother. They may be into all kinds of new age. That right there tells you that they're seeking after God. If you're in relationship with them, get closer. Develop ways to start conversations that you might explore spirituality together. This is our challenge. That we look at our relationships, our friendships, even those casual meetings that may, that may flourish into deeper relationships, that we might lead someone to Christ. Our scripture this morning, our Colossians scripture is in Colossians, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Barry. It reads, conduct yourselves wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer anyone, everyone. This is Paul's prayer to the Colossian church. This is our last sermon for this series of Regenerating. To always be mindful of the way we carry ourselves in the midst of our friends, in the midst of our loved ones, even in the midst of our unbelieving families. Because they're watching. They're needing to trust. They're needing to see and to be curious of what is it about you that makes you different. Even though you go through the same kind of crap because the Bible says that the sun shines on the just and the unjust and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So we go through the same stuff. But it's how we deal with that. Through Christ. And they become curious. It's like if we had a bowling time and we invited our friends to go bowling, something that's not religious, and they see how we loved each other, and they see how we get along with each other and support each other. It makes them hungry and curious, and they want it for themselves. This is evangelism. This is how we share the gospel. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer. Always have our hearts ready to give an answer. Always look for that opportunity. I meet someone and I say, oh, you ride a motorcycle? So do I. What kind do you have? Why have a Vulcan? You find the conversation that will match, that will coincide. And you pray and you ask God, is this the relationship, that person of peace? You ask God, is this whom I'm to be in relationship with? 
that eventually I might share your good news. Well, we have an incredible testimony this morning of someone who has amazing experience in developing relationships cross-culturally. And in those relationships, the hope is that one day these folks will come to know Jesus. So please welcome Cindy Carlson. And so imagine that I am like Steve Harvey. (laughs) You know, just as good looking. (laughs) Don't have the money, but. But I'm going to interview Cindy. Cindy, welcome. Thank you. Cindy, could you tell us something about yourself? Sure. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a longtime teacher. I've been a teacher for 40 years. I'm single, and that has allowed me opportunities to go overseas a number of times. Um, God has given me those opportunities. I now teach English as a second language, and you're seeing some of my students on the screen. They're from all over the world. So this is also an opportunity to share. Um, I was born in Michigan, but I came to Cincinnati for a teaching job. And I worked in Reading schools for 30 years, and since that time I've been teaching English as a second language. These are um, some of that man was my very first student in China. His daughter is now over here. She was a high school student at Seven Hills, and she's going to school in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon. Cindy, thank you for sharing these. How has evangelism played a role in your life? Well, it played a very important role because I grew up attending a Presbyterian church. I never knew or heard that Jesus wanted to have a relationship with me. And it wasn't until I moved to Cincinnati that a woman on our staff at Reading Schools invited me to go to the College and Careers for Christ group, which was started by John and Lois Pierce. And that night, they always took the new people aside, the ladies and the guys, and they shared the gospel message. And that's when I said yes, even though I didn't know what I was doing, but I said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. So that was the beginning for me. And in fact, people from the evangelism team at church also came to my apartment and shared who Jesus is. So had two experiences there, uh, very significant, life-changing. Amen. So... In your experience with evangelism, what influenced you toward cross-cultural ministries? Well, I had been a member of the church about two years, and Ron Rand came to me and asked if I'd like to join the missions committee. And I asked him a couple months ago when he was here at College Hill, Ron, what in the world caused you to ask me to join the missions committee back then? And he said he just would pray whenever there was a need, and I guess my name came to mind. So I joined the missions team, and that spring, Santana Krishnan, who was a pastor at our church, um, came to the missions team and said, would anybody like to go meet international students at UC with me in the fall? And I thought I could do that, so I thought about that. And then the most significant thing is the church sent me to the U.S. Center for World Mission in Pasadena, And at that time, they were piloting what has become the Perspectives on the World Christian Movement class. And for five weeks, we listened to missionaries talk about the need 
to reach people that have never had an opportunity to hear due to um, language barriers or cultural barriers. And there are so many places in the earth where there's no one to reach people because of those barriers. And this has become a passion of mine ever since. Um, I had the opportunity that fall of 1980 to start meeting Indian students at UC. And throughout the years, I've continued to meet students. In the late 80s, more and more people were coming from China. And um, that's what led to me eventually going to China. And how many times have you been to China? I've been to China 11 times. Amazing. Mostly for teaching, but also some visits. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cindy, is there anything that you had to overcome? Like when you were obedient to God, were you perfect? Um, I was thinking about this. Um, One thing I definitely had to overcome before I went to China was the fact that I had a big prejudice against people from China because it was a communist country. And I remember the day that God broke down that wall of prejudice. There was a group of people from Taylor University coming through Cincinnati with some travel agents from southern China. And we met for a potluck lunch out on the east side. So I was sitting face to face with these people from China. And on the way home, I was just crying my eyes out. And I think that was the day when God just broke down that wall. And that was necessary in order to be able to go and make friends in China and do my job well. And another thing I had to overcome was fear. Um, I remember the summer that I was a team leader, and the first time I met my team, I just burst out in tears because I was so scared about leading a team of people. But the verse in the Armor of God section of Ephesians where it says, we have feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace helped me to know I was was ready, I was suited, God had made me ready um, to be able to go and be part of a team. God will. So related to that, what qualities do you have for these cross-cultural opportunities? I mean, because one, you're single, you're female. So what what qualities do you have? Um, Fortunately, being single has given me freedom to go overseas a number of times. And it's been easy to meet international students at the university just because I I had free time outside of my teaching responsibilities. One special thing that God did is when I grew up in Michigan, we lived on a little dirt road. We had maybe 10 families in our neighborhood. One family was from India. They had four kids. We had four kids. We always played together. Another family was the Liu family, and they were Chinese, and they and my parents were in an investment club together. So it was the most normal thing for me to meet Indians and Chinese. And I appreciate that God did that because when I went to UC and started meeting students, they were Chinese and Indians. So it was no big deal for me. Um, wasn't hard to meet them. Um, the fact that I am a teacher has always opened doors for teaching English overseas. And um, one special thing that God did, after I had been to China the first two years and then led two summer teams, I came back feeling kind of like a fraud or a phony because I had been teaching English methodology without really knowing how to do it myself. And I said, I've got to get some training. So I called UC and 
I just said, can you tell me something about your classes? I think this was September one year. And the secretary said, just a moment, let me put you through to the director. And I had not asked to speak to the director, but she put me through. And the director told me that they had a grant from the U.S. government for 10 regular classroom teachers to get trained in English as a second language in order to um, work with other teachers in our districts to help them understand how to work with foreign kids. And they, the program had started. They had nine teachers. They had space for one more teacher. And so thanks to Jesus, I was that 10th teacher, and I saved about $4,000 to get some training with that scholarship. That was special. I mean, it's amazing mm. when you see how God has woven mm. his mm. providence in your life. Um, what were some of the rewards that you have mm-hmm. experienced? Um, the rewards are definitely the friendships. Um, the men and women that were my students the first two years I went to China, this was the early 90s. Some of them are still my friends, and you saw pictures of some of them. Um, one woman came to New York for two years, and I was able to call some international student workers in her town and tell them she was coming. So they met her. She was part of Bible studies. Um, She went to a Chinese church there, and she decided to follow Christ before she went back to China. Um, The man who was our um, class monitor kind of scared me my first year in China because I thought, what is a class monitor? Is he a spy? What's his purpose? And so I was always wary of him. But as soon as he graduated, we became the best friends And whenever I go back to Shanghai, he's the one that carries my 50-pound suitcases up to the sixth floor of their family's home for me to stay with them. Um, So the rewards are definitely the friendships that have remained over all these years. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And so you have an amazing opportunity coming up Mm -hmm. to go to Thailand. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us how that came to Yes. Uh, One morning, about a month ago, I was opening up a text message from Sam Stair, And it said there is an English uh, camp happening at Payap University in Chiang Mai. Would I want to go? And I, by the second, became more and more excited. And so as a result of Sam and Barry offering to pay airfare, thank you, good friends, um, I'm going to Thailand to teach at this English camp at the university. And our students will be uh, primarily Thai Buddhist young people in nursing and accounting and we will have only two short weeks with them but I'll be staying for about three and a half weeks total so I hope that through this time those students will feel comfortable with us that maybe if they need somebody to talk to they will come and open up to us on the team and um, yeah I'm hoping that we will just represent Jesus be good ambassadors while we're there Man, this is so beautiful because you're a living example of building relationships Mm -hmm. in order for people Mm -hmm. to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. How can we pray for you? Thank you for asking. Um, I love snow. I was born in Michigan, but I'm going to a hot, humid climate, so I would ask for you to please pray for energy for all of us on the team because it will probably be hot and humid. Um, Pray that we represent Jesus well. And um, just that we could be good listeners, active listeners, if our students need us, need to talk to us. 
and um, help us to help our own students be comfortable speaking English so they'll be just comfortable and can get as much from the English camp as possible. Well, everyone, will you please thank Cindy? Thank you. We're now we're going to have a commissioning and send Cindy off. If we could have um, just some elders, um, from the, also folks from the mission committee, if you would come and lay hands and just a couple of you lead us in prayer. I mean, this is awesome because Cindy not only is going as an ambassador to Jesus, but she's an ambassador from College Hill Presbyterian Church. I wanted to talk to you. Lord, we just ask for your protection, Father God, against the enemy, Lord. Lord, encamp all of those who are going into the enemy's camp, Father God. Um, cover them with your wings, Father God. Anoint them wherever they go, Father. Lord, be steps ahead, clearing the path, Father God, and opening the hearts for those who receive your word, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we ask that that seed grow, Father, and that others will come behind this team, Father, to do the watering and the planting, Father God. Lord, we just ask that the Holy Spirit just rest, rule, and reign in the homes of the people, in the people who are going and being courageous for this place, Lord. Lord, we ask that generations, Father God, will be saved, Father, from one word, Lord. Bless them, Father God. May they put on the full armor, Lord Jesus, and be courageous, Lord, and may they be able to stand and be able to give an account of how good our God is, Lord. Keep them, Lord. In your son, Jesus. And God, I thank you for how you have equipped Cindy from a young child yes. to now. Amen. Thank you that you know that you work in each one of our lives, but especially in Cindy's in this instance. And God, I'm going to go and just ask for a cold front. And I know it sounds crazy, but God, you can do that so that Cindy would be comfortable from her head, top of her head to her toes. God, give her the words to speak and the courage that she needs. We just thank you so much for her willingness and for this opportunity. Lord, we just lay hands on her and commission her to declare the word in word and in deed as she goes here from our midst to proclaim the good word in life, but also speaking the word when you give the opportunity. Bless her, enable her, empower her, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I will. Amen. Thanks, folks. Amen. Thanks. Thanks. Fourth <laughs> of July.